Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Minneapolis. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Red vs. Blue High Stakes Fantasy Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Randenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And Mike, we got another 270 area code on here. I feel like I'm on Yeehaw or something, man. 270 is invading the 317 we got Brian Harwood on from the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football State Championship. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'll tell you, Brian's going to bring a lot to the table, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Uh, I do want to – I'm doing great. And, Scott, how are you doing, by the way? Hey, we're having a good time here in Indianapolis. Uh, We've – We've got uh, we're planning out all the drafts. We've got the uh, FFPC, the NFFC, the new upstarts, uh, the FFWC. There's just a lot going on in the world of fantasy football right now. I've got three local leagues I play in in three different neighborhoods, uh, trying to coordinate that. I've got the Kentucky draft coming up uh, with Farrell, and then we're going to be talking about the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football State Championship with Brian Harwood later. He's going to talk to us about that. That's a modest mid-stakes entry fee, 200 bucks. So if you want to uh, learn a little bit more about that, we're going to talk to Brian and pick his brain about this week's Rapid Fire. Mike, Rapid Fire is blowing up. i got to tell you, this has been a lot of fun, the Rapid Fire segment. If you recall, back in the day, Johnny Renshaw, our good friend John Renshaw from local sports talk radio, uh, brought forth the Rapid Fire. We're bringing it back to high-stakes fantasy football. Uh, The Rapid Fire segment this week is the tight end position, Mike, and you know how important the tight end position has become You've seen this uh, rapid fire. What do you think of it? Yeah, you know, rapid fire, it, it, it's a ball. I mean, I used to do it with uh, John Renshaw. I mean, he would do uh, rapid fire, go, rapid fire, go, rapid fire, go. You know, I mean, you better have your take, and you, you better uh, bring bring it to the table real quick. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to addressing that in a bit. Uh, one thing I do want to talk a little bit on, Scott, is the uh, a draft that I'm going to have tomorrow night. Uh, it's with the uh, FFPC Ballers. 
I want to uh, I want to kind of do a shout out to uh, John Duckworth, uh, John Haskell, uh, Hudson Reed, Curtis, uh, Jason, all those guys. Um, we've got we've got a uh, group of guys that has carried forward the fantasy baseball. And what we're doing is we're putting it together into a draft uh, tomorrow night to be able to uh, get into the fantasy uh, football guys uh, players championship. So basically whoever wins out of that group of 12, and there's more than that that I expounded on, but there's more than that. But whoever wins out of that gets a free entry. So uh, I just want to give a good shout out to those guys, uh, in our baseball league, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a tough year, and it's getting it's coming down to uh, Sunday night on who's going to make it to uh, Las Vegas for the FFPC Fantasy Football event for the main event. So, I guess I'm just kind of rambling on, but I, I just had to do that because this this group has been uh, they've been pretty cool, and uh, it's been a it's been a great time. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Uh, we've got a full chat room here. The crew here at Red versus Blue, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football and around the internet. Uh, we stream live on Blog Talk Radio, uh, the Fantasy Sports Channel, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Um, we're also on iTunes Radio, so you can check us out there on the podcast. So if you do miss us, have to leave us in the middle of the show. That's fine. We won't. We'll still love you. You can come back anytime and make sure you check out the podcast because we're just going to have a lot of fun in here. We're going to talk about fantasy football. We've got uh, obviously the mugshot lineup this week. Mike, Kenny, Britt, Marshawn Lynch, and Des Bryant add to the uh, the arrest page in the papers. I'm real interested. Wow. We're going to talk about each one of these tonight um, to find out exactly how this affects your drafting. I mean, right now, as I think about it, just overall as I think about it, these guys, uh, it's going to cause chaos in fantasy football leagues all around the country right now as we speak. You're, you're going to see wide variations of these players being drafted anywhere from now the you know, fourth and fifth rounds all the way down to the eighth, ninth, tenth, and even further because people are going to be afraid that you're going to be losing half a season, so why do that? But for for contests that are drafting right now, I say go get them. I say go get in these drafts and really figure this thing out. Take the time to figure out how this affects these players. Take a bet. Take a hedge on what you think is going to happen, and there's a good chance that you will be able to take advantage of that in these contests. Now, you've got to remember, the FPC and the NFFC, they both have plenty of online satellite leagues right now that are drafting that will be part of, the online championship season. So if you draft right now, you're competing with teams that will be drafting in September and late August. And those teams, those drafts, will have a much clearer picture of what this looks like. And so it will be known across that landscape of 12 teams in that league what to do with these players, where they should be slotted at. So this is an opportunity for you to really take advantage of value, so to speak, if you feel that one of these guys will not suffer a very, you know, a, you know, dire consequences, the question will be which one won't have to suffer the most consequences. So we're going to talk about that tonight, Mike. Kenny Brett, Marshall, Des Bryant. If you can pick up them on the cheap because you you feel like they're not going to have, you know, to face a four-game suspension, maybe only a two-game suspension or maybe no suspension at all, you could be getting like Marshawn Lynch, a starting running back, again in the sixth round this year, and that will lead you to a fantasy title. Well, Scott, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. Uh, the thing about it is, is uh, Commissioner Goodell is he is the commissioner of the NFL, and he is not the commissioner of life. But the thing about it is, it's that's what's happened. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he'll be lucky to play six games, maybe seven games in your fantasy season. Now, we have to understand that because Marshawn Lynch will probably be suspended six to seven games of the regular season. So that leaves you with pretty much nothing. Okay? So uh, because of his past history, I mean, that makes a big that makes a big difference there. Uh, we go to uh, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, you know, it's alleged. Everything is alleged. Uh, Kenny Britt, 
Well, he has past history as well. So, Commissioner Goodell, I mean, he's always he's always known to you know show an iron fist. I mean, he's not going to put up with any kind of bull crap. So, Marshawn Lynch, in my opinion, I mean, he's going to fall tremendously. And I hate that because he's on a couple of my dynasty leagues. But, yeah, I mean, his value has fallen a lot. Uh, Kenny Britt, wide receivers, Des Bryant, wide receiver, you know, who knows what's going to happen with those guys. But it, it makes it a it makes it a real mess if you're trying to draft, which I'm going to do tomorrow night. And uh, do I want any part of any of those three? You say yes, I say no. I don't want any part of those three. Well, again, it's, it is a question. It's, what, it's, it's how is Roger Goodell going to crack down in the whip? You think that he's the disciplinarian. We all know that. However, there are some pretty staunch rules here. He can't just – I mean, I know he can do whatever he wants to do, but the question is will he, when he's facing this much heat, does he want this kind of – you know, all he's already got the lawsuits with – New Orleans, he's got the lawsuit with Vilma and everything that's going on there. I, I, you would have to think that he, he's, he's, a, it's, a, it's a little, war, you know, worrisome. You know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's got to wear on him a little bit. So, my thought is that it, it let up. my thought, my yeah, thought is that with the march on Lynch, he, he doesn't have a prior alcohol DUI conviction, Mike. So this is his first offense, and usually you don't get a suspension with a first offense. But Scott, he has other offenses that he's done. Back in 2009, 2010. So, Roger Goodell, I mean, he's going to weigh that. He's going to do that. And he's not going to let up. The, the dude will not let up. And he's always set a precedent with a lot of other players, with a lot of other, of other teams. He is not going to let up. So, I, I don't I, – if Marshall Lynch gets a six-game suspension – that wouldn't surprise me. If he gets a four-game suspension, that would surprise me. All right. Again, 347-324-5404 is the number. We are taking your rapid fire in the chat room and on Twitter at Red Blue Radio. Uh, the Gmail uh, account is redblueradio at gmail.com. You can email us, and we'll take your uh, rapid fires. This week's rapid fire is all about the tight end position, Mike. Uh, you, you're sitting here, and you miss out on the stud tight ends, okay? You miss out on the Gronk and Graham. You miss out on the Finley and the Vernon Davis. You miss out on the Hernandez. You're passing on those guys. It's still not to you yet. You know what? Uh, Fred Davis, Pettigrew, Tony Gonzalez, all these guys go in front of you. Jason Witten's gone. And, you know, I could have thrown in oh, – let me, let me just recap the five that we have for everybody that's listening uh, that, that may not be in front of their – uh, internet uh, browser today. We do have the five guys on the, the show page here scrolling through. So you can take a good look at these guys, figure out which one of these guys you would like on your team, Mike. You've missed out on those uh, those top nine. I think I've read off nine so far. So we're looking for that guy to emerge in the top ten. You're waiting till nine are off the board. You're ready to pounce. Almost everybody has one. A couple people might have two, depending on your scoring system. So we either play PTR or one and a half. I mean, that's basically it. But it's the, the guys that I decided on, and I could have picked a couple others. We'll talk about them in a minute. Jared Cook, Brent Selleck, Jermaine Gresham, Jacob Tammy, and Greg Olson. That's the five. That's this week's rapid fire. Uh, and, and there's a couple of names that I left off, Mike. Number one, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the first name that I left off, and a lot of people will be like, how can you leave him off when he was top ten last year? Uh, I didn't mention Antonio Gates, by the way. I think he's gone already. He's already been drafted. Uh, Dustin Keller, number nine overall last year in the one-and-a-half point per reception format. Number nine overall, 65 for 8, 15, and 5. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, why did you leave him off? Um, you know, I mean, he had a couple of big games early. Remember, he started off with a 20-point game, a 25-point game. We're like, wow, this guy, okay, here, you know, here, here's the real Dustin Keller we've been waiting for. We've seen this before. But I, I just couldn't do it. I, it was one of those picks that I'm like, man, you know what? That's not a guy that I'm targeting this year to break into the top five. You know, I want a guy that has a top five potential in this rapid fire. And when I look at Dustin Keller, I've waited for it and waited for it. Believe me, I'm the biggest Jets fan I know. Uh, 
I've waited for it from Dustin Keller, and I think with the addition of Tebow, it, it, it really just takes away all those short yardage type situations. Plus, they're talking ground and pound again. You know, I just decided for me in this rapid fire, I was going to leave Dustin Keller out. Do you think that was a mistake or not? Uh, no, I don't think it was a mistake because uh, I, you know, I got two names uh, in mind right now that you could throw in ahead of Dustin Keller. Uh, so uh, Dustin Keller, uh, I mean, let's face it, he weighs. Uh, I think he weighs more than uh, than Ryan does, to be honest with you. I mean, Rex Ryan, he's lost so much weight. I mean, he's he's folding up like an accordion. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, w- I would leave Dustin Keller out uh, because, like I said, I have two other that I would throw in there. But those five, uh, I think we can roll with those five. All right, so that's our five. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and bring out the first uh, response that we had this evening. Um, well, not the first, but the first one I have on my list here, from Allie Fontana, at Allie Fontana on Twitter. She states Gresham, Selleck, Olsen, Tammy, and Cook. She goes on to say, expect Gresham to take a huge step forward in 2012 breakout, should be the number two option in Cincy. Jermaine Gresham is her number one player on this rapid fire, Mike. So let's take a look at Jermaine Gresham, a little closer look. Because, uh, listen, this is a guy, and I play a lot of dynasty leagues. I think I'm in nine overall. That's not a lot for some of the guys in here in this chat room. But I've, I've played in nine. I'm in nine dynasty leagues, and I have Gresham in a couple. And this is a guy that I refuse to trade right now. I mean, he was a first-round pick in 2010. He came from Oklahoma. Mike, do you remember the monstrous 2008 season when he had uh, like 1,000 yards and he had 14 touchdowns, 66 catches? I mean, this guy is a monster, 6'5", 260. He's a mismatch. He's too fast for most of the linebackers and safeties. He's too big for most of the cornerbacks. Now, Everybody knows he had that knee injury in 2009. It cost him the entire season. Now, the knee injury has not came back to bother him. He continues to see this success at the pro level. He's a tough matchup for any DP, Mike. And so when I look at this, and you've got offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, this offense, Andy Dalton, man, that guy has really had a great first year. I think he's coming into his own last season. It's the new-look West Coast offense. And with Jay Gruden calling the shots, you got Andy Dalton under center, you got AJ Green. I, I really think that this guy, I agree with Allie. And, L, and in 14 games, he did that, okay? Um, without Jordan Shipley, without anybody underneath, you know, uh, in the slot, really. He's 24 years old, he's got plenty of time. This guy okay. could be a pro bowler in this year. Well, you know, he, he very well could be. I mean, he very well could be, Scott. And, you know, I don't uh, discount that. And, uh, Allie, I appreciate uh, appreciate what you're putting in. Uh, you got to remember, uh, they're going to get Pittsburgh defense twice, Baltimore defense twice. Uh, and they're still a losing team. And would you rather have uh, Gresham versus, say, a uh, Jacob Tammy? Well, that's the discussion that we're having tonight, Mike. And, and since a losing team, did they go eight and eight last year or nine and seven? What was? Do you remember them going? Did they lose last year? Uh, they lost enough to where uh, the tight end Gresham cannot make that big of an impact to where I cannot take him as my number two tight end. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is all about that tight end that you've missed. You 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 passed on the tight ends. And you need to get your starter. There's already nine or ten off the board, and you're trying to figure out which one of these guys is going to be your anchor at the tight end position. Now, I believe that if you have waited and missed out on the nine or ten, that I think you need to go back-to-back and fire off and get two of these five. Now, that's just my opinion, but I want to get the first one right. And I, I believe that one of these guys, we need to figure it out, one of these guys has just ultimate potential to be the breakout. That's what we're looking for. We don't want we don't want a guy to finish top ten at our at our tenth spot. We want a guy if we're waiting until to be the tenth tight end off the board or twelfth, we want a guy that's gonna finish in the top five. That's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to go for here. So Jermaine Gresham is one of those interesting guys that I that I that I look at and I say, man, already last year fourteenth overall, ninety two targets, 
and 56 catches, I think that'll. I think a lot of that's going to improve. And the question is, as we continue to go with this rapid fire, will will more people think like Allie does? So we're going to find out right now. We're going to bring in Brian Harwood from the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. Yeehaw! Right. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Just getting down tonight. How are y'all doing? How y'all? How you doing, Brian? How you doing? Oh, it's good talking to you, Mike. Everything is going well. I'm just sitting back here chilling tonight and yeah, waiting for the wild weekend to come. I, I got my hee haw girls on the on the on the other room back here. They're just waiting on me, and they're tuning into the show too. So we're just having a big old time here. There you go. By gum, so, gum. Uh, we got Brian, we got Brian Harwood and Michael Trent on the same radio show. This this Fandangle radio thing, uh, this internet thing. I tell you what, they have all these fancy uh, uh, things going on now these days. They got fancy football. We love fancy football. And uh, Brian, all jokes aside, man, it's good to have you on the show. We're interested to hear about the uh, Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. You got seventy two teams lined up this year. Two hundred dollars entry. Six divisions of twelve. Six divisions of twelve. Uh, there's a there's a couple of rules here that you've got. You've got blind bidding or not blind bidding. You've got uh, bidding for your draft slot, right? That's pretty cool. That's uh, exactly like the Kentucky State Fantasy Football Championship. I got that from the KFSC in Louisville, and I love that rule because you and I were talking earlier that you control what draft spot you want. You can go toward the front, maybe get your running back early, maybe go toward the middle, get a quarterback or wide receiver, or go toward the end. And uh, get some good guys early. So, I mean, it's really you, – you don't know what draft spot you're going to get until you get to that table and see what, what these other poker faces are doing and what draft spot they want. Some of these draft spots are going to take a lot of free agent money, and then there'll be some that you can buy for zero. So, it's really – you have to study not necessarily the draft position, but what players will or will not be there come that time. You know, you have to prepare for anything. In that case. Absolutely. You bid, you bid for those draft slots, and uh, you, if you're the last one there, then you're going to take the um, take the 12th option, whatever option is left for free. You also have the third-round reversal. That's a very controversial decision. However, some leagues are still doing it. The NFFC still does it. That's the only one I think yep. left of the big guys that does it. Tell us why you feel the 3RR is still important in the high-stakes world. I talked with a buddy of mine today that signed up for the SBFFC, and he was asking about third-round reversal, and he was telling me, well, Brian, you're doing third-round reversal, so that means I'm going to go to the 12th spot. And I was like, well, maybe not necessarily, because if you go toward the front, you're going to get that elite player like your Foster or Ray Rice or Deshaun McCoy, maybe Aaron Rodgers. My SBFFC is like the NFFC, six points per passing touchdown. Quarterbacks have become a little bit more important in that format, so – uh, those spots are important, but then if you want to go toward the back, you can get another quarterback such as a Brady or a Breeze, maybe get a second-tier top running back, maybe get two wide receivers back-to-back. Justin McCord, our good buddy, when I move, you move. Two years ago when he won his division title, he drafted four wide receivers in a row the first four rounds. So the third-round reversal, you can kind of first round, second round, back-to-back, and then third round get the next guy to start the round, and you can plot your next move after the third round, go back toward the fourth and the fifth as we go back to the snake round perfectly there. So, personally, I would rather have spots either one to four or 12. It is still in between, it's not going to be as valuable draft spots. But third round reversal, I got that from the NFFC, and the Kentucky State Championship does it still as well. And it's still been a big hit, and that's one of the better options the SBFFC has because a lot of the Las Vegas players that do the FFPC. That's not third-round reversal. And a lot of the local Bone Green guys that do other local basement leagues, they don't know or they, they know what third-round reversal is, but they don't use it. So it's just another unique way to get more people in the SBFFC and it's to make the fantasy football industry grow more because we're getting these great high-stakes players like Cameron Slicer, Justin McCord, or last year champion Steve Kurowski. John Duckworth's going to do over the phone. So, I mean – this is just a different format, and that gets more people to come to your product because it's a different style, different way to study, and it becomes more fun for everybody. There you go. It's the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship, one and a half hours south of Louisville, Kentucky, one hour north of Nashville, Tennessee, Saturday, August 18, 2012, at the Corvette Museum. 
Brian Harwood, we're talking about rapid fire tight ends this, uh, tonight. You heard the list. We've 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 uh, we've heard from Ali Fontana on Twitter. Gresham number one overall. Uh, what do you think about Gresham in this rapid fire? I think I would take Gresham number one, even if it's FFPC scoring was one and a half point for tight end PPR or NFFFC or the SBFFC. You got to take Gresham number one. I think Gresham is going to be the number two option in that Cincinnati Bengals offense. Andy Dalton is maturing more every day. The Bengals are improving. I think they'll be more of a force in that division this year. And just, you know, with Gresham, he, he's still a young guy. Doesn't have a lot of mileage with him. He's got nowhere to go but up. Got good potential, and if this was a keeper league, I would definitely give him number one. Marvin Lewis likes him. He wants more growth from him. I think he's going to merge number one. Brent Selig, I've got him number two because second half last season, Michael Vick finally started looking for him more often as the prospects are both in – the 1 point and the 1.5 PPR format. Now, third tight end, this is going to depend on if Kenny Brick gets the rest again tomorrow night at the Hee Haw Ball and Bone Green. It's nice to rest for DUI. Um, see, I, I, I still can't get over Brett. I mean, there's more Kentucky State police out than just anything. But if you get DUI, Brett, do it in Tennessee. But anyway, Jared Cook, I think even though no one in a Chris Palmer offense has caught more than 52 balls, his final few games are very encouraging. He had a couple of hundred-yard receiving games at the end. He's going to be a high-end back of it worse. I think he's going to have more potential, more upside to have bigger games than the Jacob Tammy, who I've got ranked fourth. But in Denver, they're resetting that whole offense. Who knows what Peyton Manning's got to sleeve? We won't know that until preseason. So he's still have a question mark with me. And, and Greg Olson, you know, I like Cam Newton, but I've got him fifth because I don't like the Carolina offense as much as either Cincinnati or the Philadelphia or even Tennessee. Greg Olson, I've always had him in leagues, and he's never done much for me. So I've got Olson at five. Wow. I'll turn it over to you. Mike, you're uh, you're just uh, you're just a hop, skip, and a jump from the southern bluegrass. What questions do you have for Brian? Yeah, I'll I tell you what, Brian, that's a, that's a heck of a breakdown on them, uh, on them tight ends. Uh, you know, I, I kind of – I tend to agree with you a little bit, except for Gresham, but uh, I think Tammy's going to be uh, going to be a monster. But uh, in your event, uh, Brian, you know I think you got a lot of things going on with the uh, Southern Bluegrass uh, Fantasy Football uh, Championship. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic thing. If it, if anybody's never been to the Corvette uh, uh, Museum, I mean, you got to go. That's going to be that's going to be so neat. Uh, the one thing that, that I did want to uh, ask you about is uh, you got three more teams left. You need you need to fill them, right? I, I need to fill three more spots to make 72. So um, I've only got three more open spots, and then I've got to make that decision whether to go to another division of uh, 12. Me and Scott were talking about this earlier. Maybe have some alternate signups, but, you know, if – if a guy like you know, like you, Michael, or anyone else out there that says, Doctor Harwood, I've got this two hundred dollars to contribute to the SBFFC, here's my payment, bam, you're in. So a lot of these boys have got to hustle to get their payment in to be a part of that seventy two kind of an exclusive group because well, I don't know if I'll get to eighty four or not this year because last year we had sixty. I've got seventy two guaranteed prize, you know, prize structure and everything. But that seventh division, I'd like to go there, but I don't want to get too big from my britches right now. But I'd like to have it sure. steady growth. So as the more signups go the next few weeks, Scott, you said yourself that there's going to be a flurry signups in August. I think it's going to hit like a tidal wave. So, yeah, but I will it, tell you this: will, so I'm going to uh, cap it at 84. One one thing I did want to say, Brian, is uh, you know you sent you sent an email out, and uh, there's a lot of different. Uh, Prizes and stuff that's offered, and uh, I, I, I wish you would expound on that because that that might make people, uh, you know, more enticed to uh, get involved because you got a lot, you got a lot of stuff going on with that league, and it, it's a lot of cool stuff. So uh, just let everybody know what you have uh, what you have on the table there. Well, Mike, I'm, I'm gonna say like every week from weeks one to eleven inside your division, inside your division of twelve. You you win twenty five dollars if you get the high point total each week. There was a lot of people in the SBFFC that wanted to go to a weekly high point total pool. 
I, I, I did weekly high point total the last two years, and it was always overall, it was an optional pool, but it seemed like the same guys kept going, winning over and over. It was just people just had a monopoly, and the rich got richer. At least this way, you know, you have a good week, you're going to be rewarded. And for the individual league rewards, at the end of week 11, if you're the best regular season record, you get $100 right there. Best, most total points scored at the end of week 11, you get another $100 right there. And also, too, if you go, if you win your division, your division title, week 13, it's head-to-head weeks 12 and 13, top four teams make it to this divisional championship, you'll get 600 bucks plus a trophy for winning the division. Now, if you're a runner-up, at the end of week 13, you get 200. So you get your money back if you make the finals. So let's now go to the championship playoff bracket. Now, four tight teams in each division, that's 24 teams, and if anyone had the most overall points from weeks 1 to 11 and wasn't one of the top four best records, you're going to the playoff bracket too. So at least 24 teams will make the championship bracket, maybe more. And one difference that this has from the FFPC and the NFFC and the KFFC is that starting in week 14, 15, and 16, your total points go to zero, and the cumulative number of total points that you score from weeks 14 to 16, you're going to win $2,500, plus you're going, to, you're going to win the trophy, and you're going to win a free entry into uh, the Fantasy Football World Championships Mid-Stakes entry in Las Vegas or online, which is a $500 value. Now, say for if Say, for example, if the FFWC bless their hearts, I hope they make it, but for some reason they don't. I've got a plan B. I'll send it to either one of the NFFC online events or the Football Guys Players Championship or even the KFFSC in Louisville. These people will get their $500 value no matter what, maybe even more. I've even thought about sending them to Vegas as a kind of a cheaper mid-stakes thing and even give them a free play in SBFFC. So if you win that cash to $2,500, which is insured, in LeagueSafe.com, you'll win that money, plus you'll win a trip, to, uh, win an entry to a Vegas league or another mid-stakes online or a Vegas event. So, And then second place, too, you're going to win $900, plus a free entry into the FFWC mid-stakes championship in Vegas or online. Third place, you're going to win 400 Fourth place is going to win their money back along with fifth place. Sixth place will win 100 So the top six teams in the championship rounds are going to win money. And also, too, I'm giving out DraftSharks.com, one of our proud sponsors. I'm giving the top ten teams a DraftSharks free subscription for 2013. And Constellation Bracket, you can win 200 bucks there if you had a record above 500 but didn't make the big playoff championship bracket. And Total Bowl, for the rest of the guys bringing up the rear, um, the most total points will win $100 yeah. there. So, uh, And you can also win prizes the day of the event. We're going to oh, do a silent auction we're going to do a silent auction. We're giving away gift cards from restaurants, golf courses in the community and the surrounding areas. We're going to benefit. A, we're going to give out a $500 scholarship to a high school senior varsity athlete that's going to school at a local college, Western Kentucky University, in the fall. So there's going to be plenty of good prizes you can get for a good price that day. We've got Fanware and More Store, one of our proud uh, sponsors, FMSFanware.com. Check them out. They're going to be set up as a vendor of the event. They're going to be selling the NFL jerseys, NFL team memorabilia. They're going to be selling lanyards, uh, freezer mug cups, backpacks, you know, keychains, whatever you want to call it, NFL logos. They're going to have it for you. Great people. And also, too, we're going to do a 50-50 raffle, and 50% of the pool is going to go toward league expenses in the scholarship, and the other 50% is going to win cash that day. The last two years, the both guys have won at least $150 that day. Wow. Well, hey, Brian, it doesn't get a lot better than that. Look, you got three any three teams right now to go to seventy two. I'll bet you he can go to eighty four. No problem. It's the so. Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. Brian Harwood, uh we we talked about Gresham. The next tweet I have here is from Shane P. Hallam in the chat room. Gresham number one, Cooks number two. Selleck, Tammy, and Olsen. So so we've got another vote for Gresham number one. And, Brian, we've got Jared Cook at number two. Now, this is the next guy I want to bring up on the rapid fire tonight. Jared Cook, 15th overall last year, 49-759-3. 
He pulled another one of these late season, you know, balloons here where he comes out and explodes. Uh, it's just the last three games he did it again. You know, we, we saw it last year, the year before, and he does it again, comes out of nowhere, and they just start throwing him the ball. And he, he's quietly developed, in my opinion, one of the most explosive tight ends. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare that, that the team envisioned when they selected him in the third round back in 2009. And he shows glimpses of dominance, Brian, but it seems like with Britt out of the lineup, he, he would see more targets, could spell trouble for Tennessee opponents. Uh, and some people think that he might be asked to stay in and block a little bit if, uh, you know, the, the offensive line struggles. What do you say about Jared Cook? I think he's got more upside than the Tammy and the Olsen and even the Seller because you don't know who's going to be the quarterback, Hasselback or Locker. If Jake Locker's the quarterback, they're going to want to go young, and I think they're going to have a Locker to Cook rapport, you know, closer to the end of the, se- closer to the, end of the season last year, and even this year, too, kind of establish the shorter passing game. Hasselback, if if he's the quarterback starting off, he may go to Cook more often because I think Britt's going to be suspended and it's going to take Ken the right, the wide receiver they drafted this year, some time to you know develop. So I think this, I think the ceiling is up for Cook. I wouldn't trust him as a number one tight end yet, but if you're if you're in the FFPC with one and a half point PPR scoring or like the SBFFC has a second flex player, you know I would I'd roll with Cook as a flex player. Just according to the matchup, I mean, New England, week one, you know, Detroit, week three, San Diego, week two, those are not that great of a pass defensive team. So Cook could right. get off started to a good good start there. Real fast start for sure. You've got Nate Washington, who our buddy Mark Quitch, uh, who was on the show, said he is a definite sleeper, and sure enough, it looks like it. I mean, Washington posted a 1,000-yard campaign in 2011. He's a big play guy. And then, like you said, you mentioned that Kendall Wright, he kind of reminds me of a Deshaun Jackson just kind of player. Uh, he, he put up impressive numbers as the number one option in Baylor. And it seemed like I saw a lot of throws just right to the to the, to the the um, line of scrimmage. You know, Griffin would just drop back, toss it to him, and let him go and make a play. And that's the kind of uh, player that you're going to see with Kendall Wright. They really mm-hmm. wanted this kid. And I, and, I, and I think this was all about – Kenny Britt insurance, Mike. They really wanted to make sure that if something happened here, they've got a, they've got this offensive weapons for Jake Locker lined up. Do you think Jared Cook excels with Locker or half the back, Mike? Which one would would Jared Cook better uh, have a, a 2012 season? I I think either one. I think it's a system situation. Uh, to be honest with you, Scott, uh, Jared Cook is gonna he is he is on my radar as kind of being. Uh, the stud of the, of the rapid-fire tight ends we're talking about. Jared Cook is going to – I mean, he's going to excel well. Uh, they're going to have enough wide receivers. So, either either quarterback is going to work well with Jared Cook. Uh, you know, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got my eye on a couple other tight ends in this rapid-fire that uh, I'd like to throw out. But, uh, for now, Jared Cook will fit well in Tennessee or uh, – Cook's going to fit well and uh, better watch for him, so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with him. All right, we've got two down. We've got three to go. Brian Harwood is our guest from the Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. You've heard a lot about that this evening. We've got the number three option here. Let's see, Alessandro Miglio, Alex Miglio on Twitter. Alex Miglio on Twitter states, Tammy number one, Cook number two, Selleck, Gresham, and then Olsen. Very interesting to see that there's, so far, uh, Tammy has not got a lot of love from the two prior. Olsen, uh, you know, had a third place, Tammy a fourth. We saw Tammy a fourth, Olsen a fifth. Now it's Tammy number one and Gresham number four. So very interesting to see how these guys change around. Brian, we see that uh, Jacob Tammy is uh, reunited with Peyton Manning. We don't have a lot to go on for last year. There wasn't a lot of offensive explosiveness going on in Indianapolis last year for Jacob Tammy to do anything with, but he is now back with uh, Peyton Manning. You have the Joel Dreesen situation, probably a timeshare, probably two tight ends on the field a lot of times. Uh, the two wide receivers, Decker and Demarius, we know about. They're going to get a lion's share of those recessions. But who's going to be the number three wide receiver? Who's going to get the third most targets in Denver? Is it Tammy? And if so... He's got to be a top option here. 
Well, I'll tell you what, because Manning did so well when Dallas Carr got injured a couple of years ago and Tammy stepped in. And, uh, hey, Mike, Tammy's a Kentucky boy. So uh, yeah, you got to – you 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 got that right. You got to give him some love in there. I just want to see that Denver offense mature and grow in the preseason. I want to see some more of the training camps and see how Manning, you know, has a good rapport with Tammy. I think he's focusing more on Decker and Demaryius Thomas right now. At least Selick, you know what you're getting more with Brent Selick because they looked with him more in the second half of last year. You know, I would like to have, I would like Tammy to succeed. I want him to succeed, but. When you're at that rapid fire point of draft, when you've had several Buffalo Trace bourbon drinks, sponsored SPFFC, and Mike's had a few cold ones over there, you've got to have a sure thing to get more consistency. But I think Tammy went up better than took if Denver figures that offense. I want, I want to see Denver's offense before I'm 100% sold on Tammy. But he's got the upside though. We have we have the questions with Tammy, Mike. Uh, everybody knows what he can do with Peyton Manning. The question is, does this offense take on the characteristic of a healthy Peyton Manning or a ball control type John Fox who didn't use uh, the tight end as much? I mean, I know we saw a little bit of um, uh, who was it? Was it Wesley Walder? Who was it back then? I don't remember. I know we had Moochie Muhammad and Steve Smith going on back in the Carolina days, and we saw the one and two options. Jacob. So most people will say that Peyton Manning came to Denver to install his offense in Denver. And so this is going to be a Peyton Manning offense thrown for 4,000 yards, at least 25, 27 touchdowns. The question is, if he's healthy, it shouldn't be a problem. But will you be willing to take that risk and take Tammy as your number one tight end, Mike? I'll leave it to you. Man, I'll tell you what, that's very tough, Scott. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there going through every uh, tight end after uh, – talking with uh, you and Brian uh, and everybody that's tweeted in. Uh, I've I've kind of changed my mind a little bit on a few things. Uh, Jacob Tammy's kind of falling down a little bit. Uh, Right now, Jacob Tammy on my rapid-fire list of those that you talked about, uh, Cook, Gresham, uh, Selleck, Tammy, Olsen, uh, he is fourth. Uh, And it's not – it's just – the unknown, the unknown. What is going to happen? Uh, how many targets will he get? You know, and one thing about it is you're going to roll the dice on draft day. Draft day is coming up very soon. And one thing you're going to do is somebody's either going to be really, really smart or they're going to look really, really dumb. Because if Tammy comes out and is one of uh, Peyton's primary targets, then, hey, you look great. If not, then you look stupid. Instead, uh, I'm looking at Jared Cook, one, Gresham, two, uh, Brent Selleck, three, and I really, uh, you know, I I guess it's going to be Tammy at four. But there's a couple other uh, unknowns at tight end that I'd like to throw out there here in just a second. Mike, I've got a big picture of uh, Tammy in his big blue Kentucky jersey on our site right now, so I thought you might want to get behind your guy, but I I respect you for uh, being able to, you know, keep your differences there. I know you're a U.K. fan. That's an admirable thing to do, not put him up there just because of your allegiance to the big blue faithful. So uh, I've got another – we've got got a lot of Twitters, uh, a lot of uh, tweets coming through tonight. Kevin Hockey, K.J. Hockey. At Red Blue Radio, in my opinion, Selick and Gresham could be top ten. I've overpaid for Cook before, just like a star as a Bronco fan. I hope I'm wrong on Tammy. Coleman Kelly uh, on Twitter, at Coleman underscore FF. He tweets Selick number one, Gresham number two, Tammy number three, Olsen number four, and Cook number five. He says, I don't think so. Vic will improve this year with the offseason, and Selick was on fire at the end of the year with a hernia injury. So let's talk about Brent Selleck now. Here's another guy that somebody's predicting to be number one overall. I love it, man. You just never know. He's entering his sixth NFL season. Now, I watched Brent Selleck in college. I'm a Louisville fan, so I watched him play at Cincinnati. He's a physical prime, only 27 years old. He got off to a really slow start last season, only nine receptions for 73 yards, no touchdowns in the first five games, guys. This guy finished number 12 overall. Let that resonate a little bit. 
his first five games, only nine catches, 73 yards, no touchdowns. But during the final 11 games of the season, the Eagles reduced his blocking responsibilities. Quarterback Michael Vick, he looked for Selleck as the big guy target in the middle. And in that time, Selleck finished the season catching another 53 catches, 738 yards, five touchdowns. So if you look at it that way, he finished the season fifth among NFL tight ends in receiving yards. And what was remarkable was the whole year he had the hip and the sports hernia injury. Uh, so if it's 2012, a healthy Eagles offense, he's going to be explosive. Amy Reid will exploit the teams with Selleck's abilities. I, I almost have to put Selleck number two on my list behind Gresham, but he's really catching up at, on, on Gresham for me uh, because I just keep looking at him like, man, this is the type of player that Michael Vick can really make a star. I don't think Michael Vick makes wide receivers as much of a star as I do the tight end. So, Brian, I'm going to bring it back to you. Brent Selleck, we haven't mentioned him a lot, but he had 97 targets last year, 62 catches. What do you think of Brent Selleck being number one? You know what? Brent Selleck has got the most experience out of those five guys and has got the most credibility over a three-, four-, five-year period of time. I think Selleck will be the safest out of those five picks. If a guy wanted to be conservative and go for the safe bet, but not necessarily go for one that has the chance for the biggest games, you go with Brent Selleck. Like I was saying, second half of last season, Vic was looking at Selleck a lot more. And Mike Vic, had, I think he's going to slow down the length of his passes and the length of his passing touchdowns, and Selleck's going to be there. But can Selleck stay healthy? That's my question. Can Selleck stay healthy? When he's on the field, you know what you're getting out of him if he's healthy. Mike, I'm going to try to Go ahead. Yeah, that's a good point, Brian. Uh, you know, can can Selleck stay healthy? And uh, but if he stays healthy, then that could be a magnificent combination. Because let's face it, that entire division loaded up on draft picks with uh, secondary picks as far as uh, safeties and uh, corners. So. Uh, you know, I I think Michael Vick's going to have a huge year. I, I'm I'm really really looking for Michael Vick to have a huge year, but it's not going to only be to Shady and uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson and those guys. Sell is going to be a huge part of that because there is very little coverage underneath when it comes to your Washingtons, your Dallases, and your Giants. So I think Selleck can have a – I think he, he can have a huge year because all the other teams in that division, they're loaded up and and they're trying to guard against the long ball instead of short ball. We also have another tweet from AJ Big Toe on Twitter. Selleck, Olsen, Cook, Gresham, and Tammy – and uh, we already brought up Kevin Hockey. I'll, re- I'll read his again that I didn't read off earlier. Selleck, Gresham, Cook, Olsen, Tammy. So a lot of a lot of people are coming around to Selleck number one, Tammy number five, and then kind of mixing up the other three. I've got another one from Fantasy QB. That's in our chat room, Fantasy Football QB. He's in the chat. He has Gresham, Tammy, Olsen, Selleck, Cook. But very late, he also adds, I'm keeping my radar on Kellen Davis, Rob Hausler, and even John Carlson. Now, Mike, you talked about a couple of names that you would like to see. Let's talk about these three uh, real quick. Just Kellen Davis, Rob Hausler, John Carlson. For me, I love Rob Hausler. I've heard a lot about him. Uh, For Arizona, the question is, will the offense take advantage of the tight end position when you have – the running back position, Beanie Wells, you've got Ryan Williams, and you've got Fitzgerald and a slew of other wide receivers trying to, you know, make a make a dent here. Is there enough room for Rob Hausler to kind of move the chains, Mike? Any of those guys stand out on your radar? Yeah, you know, Rob Hausler, I mean, sure, there's plenty of room. Uh, is there room in week one and two? And when you hit the panic mode when he's not getting touches? Uh, no. Uh, but right now, I think there's room for uh, there's room for another guy that I'd like to throw out there, and that would be uh, Kobe Fleener. I, I would like to see how Kobe Fleener would uh, 
you know, uh, just set up in that whole situation of the guys that you uh, that you put out there? Well, you know, uh, Kobe Fleer is one of these guys uh, from Stanford. Obviously, has the connection with Andrew Luck. I will say this: living in Indianapolis, we listen to a lot of Colts radio here, a lot of uh, prognosticators, so to speak, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts team. Uh, they had on there the other day Dwayne Allen. I think I mentioned it on the show the last one of one of the last shows. Dwayne Allen was on the show and he was talking about Kobe Fleener. Dwayne Allen being the other top rookie pick, uh, the award winner uh, for the best tight end in the country. And the, he talked about Kobe Fleener. He said, "Man, this guy. Let me tell you, this is Dwayne Allen speaking." He said, this guy, Kobe Fleener, is the smartest guy I've ever met. He said he already knows like 85% of the playbook. He hasn't even been here because he's still in school trying to get his degree, and he already understands the playbook. So if you say that to me, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Andrew Luck, he's not Peyton Manning, but I've heard, you know, he is a cerebral quarterback. He's got a lot of talent. He can run the ball, but he, he makes good decisions and gets it to the open wide receiver, the open player. He didn't have a lot of weapons in Stanford, but he did have Kobe Fleener, so they've got the they've got that connection. The question is, if this kid is that smart, and they're playing from behind a lot, and this team is an Indianapolis Colts team that's only going to win four games, Brian, Kobe Fleener has just as much upside as any rookie we've seen come into the NFL. So, Kobe Fleener, maybe he deserved to be in this rapid fire. What do you think? I, I would draft him over Greg Olson. I would draft him over Jared Cook, perhaps, and I would probably draft him over Selleck if the Colts' offense in the preseason gets going because I think he's going to be the answer to Dallas Clark all those years. Fleener's going to be asked to run the vertical routes. He's had a proven chemistry with Andrew Luck. I'm looking forward to seeing Fleener's, you know, progress. And even if he don't pan out, you know, drop him unless you're in a dynasty league and pick up a tight end and play the matchups week to week for a number two tight end. Fleener would be a perfect flex player if you had your Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Definitely, definitely, guy. You need to look into, look at. Well, we are looking. I'm still waiting for one team, one team, somebody in the chat room uh, to take Greg Olson number one. I do see Brothers Mayhem. Brothers Mayhem. We finally have a team that takes Greg Olson number one in this rapid fire. Uh, Brothers Mayhem says he's my number one. He's the only one I've seen so far. Brian Fontaine from Pro Football Focus, he tweets uh, Red Blue Radio, Gresham number one, parentheses Kyle Rudolph, Selleck, Olsen, Tammy, and Cook. There's another name. Uh, Somebody has an affinity for Kyle Rudolph. He feels he belongs in the rapid fire, but I think – I think, and I think Shane Hallam agrees that he's uh, he's one of the sleepers to watch out for. I, I think that's in the minority at this point. I don't think people believe enough and ponder to put Kyle Rudolph, especially with a John Carlson uh, in town as well, to put him in this rapid fire. But I do think that Greg Olson, who we have not talked about, we have six minutes left of the show, guys, we have not talked about, finally makes number one. And so let's bring up Greg Olson for a second. Why are we – why are we thinking about Olsen? Well, he was 18th last year in tight ends on 89 targets. He went 45 for 5, 40, and 5. He was the number three receiver in terms of yards and number two in terms of catches last year. The, the, the thing we have to remember is Jeremy Shockey. Shockey took 37 yes. balls, 455 yards, and four touchdowns that Greg Olson could have had. The only other guy they have is a local local guy. Everybody knows who this is, right? Gary Barnage, he's the only other tight end option they have. So without Shockey present, Olsen could be, listen, number three receiver in yards, number two in catches, Olsen could be or will be Cam Newton's go-to guy. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't frequently used in Chicago due to the due to the offense that they had there with Mike Marks, but he has the potential to be what? Maybe a top five tight end in the league. So, uh, Brian, I'm going to ask you, um, it sounds like Olsen is going to be playing about 95% of the snaps for the tight end position in Carolina. If that's the case, Greg Olsen may be a legitimate guy in the rapid fire tonight. Well, let me – I'm going to play the lawyer for Greg Olsen for a second. I'm going to play Greg Olsen's agent. Offensive coordinator Rob Chudninski, I think I pronounced his name right. You know, Chudninski uses that tight end in his offense. And Chudniski back in the 
2007 for the Cleveland Browns had Kellen Winslow went for 82 catches and 1,100 yards. He then went to San Diego in 2009. He helped Antonio Gates had a career high of 1,157 yards. So Olsen and Shockey last year went for a combined 995 yards and nine touchdowns. And if you're saying Shockey, he's the wild card in this whole situation, if, you know, if that Chundinsky, I'll get his name pronounced right sometime. <laughs> but if, if he works with Olsen quite well, he might be the dark horse here. That's, that's my argument for Greg Olsen, but I've got to see it. I've got to see it on the field. Mike, uh, Greg Olson is the guy here that we haven't talked a lot about. And, again, uh, there were, what, 90 balls to go around to tight ends or, or 80, what, 85 balls or so to go around to tight ends last year. Shockey's gone. And you have Cam Newton that's going to get better in this offense. What do you think about Greg Olson's potential to be a top seven tight end? Uh, I think it's going to be limited. The only reason I say that is because uh, a lot of dump balls some all the chances that Cam Newton might have to uh, to Olsen, I mean, it's going to be that opportunity for him to run. You know, we're talking about a running quarterback here and uh, a very good running quarterback, which based on what I've seen in the NFL, a, a good running quarterback takes away from a good tight end. So what I'm saying is uh, – you know, he he is going to take away the dump-off passes, the things that could happen. Uh, so, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't mind Olsen. I might end up drafting him sometime down the line, but uh, I'm not going to do it uh, this year because of Cam, Cam Newton's uh, physical ability to run the ball. Well, it's been a good rapid fire. We've got three minutes left in the chat. Brian, I just want to thank you for coming on. I'm really uh, rooting for your contest down there in uh, uh, south of Louisville. I wish it could be in Louisville. It would be a little closer to the backyard. But I'm sure that there, you're going to have uh, the 72 fill up. I'll bet you in August the thing really heats up, and you're going to be considered maybe close to a 100-team event. So congratulations on the success. Good luck to you going forward, and let us know uh, what's going on at the uh, with the Bluegrass Championship. Well, there you go. I really appreciate your support and help. And uh, I'd like to get Michael down there to do an SBFF team to represent Red versus Blue. He and I can have a Buffalo Trace bourbon drinking contest. The winner gets a free SBFF C team the next season. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that sounds good. That sounds good, Brian. That sounds good. We'll, we'll have to get together. All right. Hey, uh, Mike, I'll be drafting with you tomorrow in that FPC uh, Ballers League on RT Sports. That's uh Let's have a couple calls yeah. tomorrow night. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be, kick we'll back. be drafting tomorrow night, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Woo! Love it, love it. I, 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 I love, love the show, that, man. And, uh, I, I'm loving it. And then also, <laughs> so I'm liking your rapid fire, and I'd like to ask your permission, Scott, if I can use a like variation of that when I start my new fantasy show next month on uh, hey, man, bro, radio. It, it belongs to John Ranshaw. Have at it, my man. Brian Harwood, Southern Bluegrass Fantasy Football Championship. We'll Thanks, talk bud. All right, see you all later on. Good talking to you all. All right, Thanks, that bud. was our second rapid fire, Mike. It has been a successful show again. The uh, final rapid fires are being tabulated in the chat room right now. We will put them all on the message board for all to see. There's a lot of there's a lot of angles. Everybody wants a top tight end this year, but if you don't get one, you have to know who you're going to get. So this is why we have these exercises, so you know when you're on the clock, what you're going to do. I agree. I agree. Great show, Scott. And, you know, a lot of different angles, like you said. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I hope everybody everybody else did, too. All right, guys. Well, thanks to the chat room, the crew here at Red vs. Blue. You're the best. We'll see you next week on Red vs. Blue. Don't we have pros vs. shows coming up? I think think it's it's all going down. Get them all. I'm all I ain't with this talk since I was 18 Apologize if I say Anything I don't mean Like what's up with your best friend We could all have some fun, believe me And what's up with these new niggas 
And why they think it all comes so But get it why you here, boy Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy Yeah and I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should. I told you I'm on one, yeah, fuck it, I'm on one, yeah, I said I'm on one, fuck it, I'm on one, two white cups that I got that drink, could be purple or could be pink, depending on how you mix that shit, money to be got, I'ma get that shit, cause I'm on one, I said fuck it, I'm on I'm burning purple flowers, it's burning my chest I bury the most cash and burning the rest Walking on the clouds, suspended into air The ones beneath me recognize the red bottoms I wear Burning the belt, move the kids to the heels Then shorty on the sink, do it for the thrill Kiss you on your neck and tell you everything is great Even though I'm out on barn and might be facing Nate Still running with the same niggas to the destiny Ever seen a million cash, gotta count it carefully Ever made love to the woman of your dreams In a room full of money out in London as she screams Baby, I could take it there Call Mark Jacobs personally to make a pair So yeah we on one, the feeling ain't fair And it's double MG until I get the chill. All I care about is money in the city that I'm from I'ma sip until I feel it, I'ma smoke until it's done I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young And I'm only getting older, somebody should have told you I'm on one, yeah Fuck it, I'm on one Yeah, I said I'm on one Fuck it, I'm on one White cups that I got that drink Could be purple or could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be got, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio Where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent Please join us next time